Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. Today I am excited to bring to you an author of the hot new release, Now is the Way, an unconditional, an unconventional <laughs> approach. It's also unconventional. Unconditional, <laughs> unconditional, unconventional yeah. uh, approach to mindfulness. Corey Allen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really uh, appreciate you inviting me. Well, it's so fun to watch this mindfulness family grow. You and I connected because you also have a show, The Austral Hustle. Did I say that one right? Uh, the Astral Hustle. Yeah. Astral it's a Hustle. It's a quadruple entendre, so you know it gets confusing. So, so tell us a little bit about your your journey to mindfulness. It's it's fun. This this word is connecting us now, but it means different things to different people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Essentially, my you know path to mindfulness to just the inner journey in general came from you know living uh, in my young life you know through a lot of experiences which induced a lot of trauma, a lot of suffering, a lot of anxiety and environmental fear and displacement and all that type of thing. And essentially, I chanced upon Western philosophy. I really it's so funny is that. I got into philosophy at a very young age, or what I would consider to be a young age, you know, my mid-teens, because uh, basically I overheard someone one time talking about, this is so random, but I overheard someone saying, uh, if they could have dinner with any four people living or dead, who would they be? And they listed, you know, a couple of people, and they mentioned Nietzsche. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's an interesting sounding name. And as a teenager, I was walking through a bookstore and I just randomly saw that name. I recognized it emblazoned on the spine of a book. And I was like, oh, and I went and I picked it up and I remember reading it. This is the first time in my life that I, I thought, oh, this is it's not what I think, but this is how I think. This is like the mechanics of how I think. And it really set me off onto this crazy Western philosophy obsessive kick. And then I started, you know, it led me to Eastern philosophy after that. And once I read that, I started thinking, oh, wow, this is not only how I think, but this is also what I think. This is what I want to get to. This is what I was looking for. And um, from there, I started just, um, I began to slowly realize that through changing the way that we think and whether we understand ourselves, increasing our awareness and cultivating a space in our mind and so forth, we can really author our own lives, choose to reduce our suffering and think our way into a whole different way of living. So I became just obsessed with Eastern thought, with meditation, you know, and I really tried to explore the entire gamut of mysticism, of 
you know, even like cult stuff, like just every, you know, neurology, neuroscience, you know, uh, psychology, whatever I could really find. And um, just spent a decade really just chewing as much of that stuff as I could. And um, yeah, it led me to figuring out, you know, and this kind of leads into how my podcast came about in, in essence is that through my own experience, I was deconstructing my own suffering, deconstructing the challenges and fa- things that I was facing and, and learned how to work with those things and how to, um, you know, just grow in the direction I want to grow and, and let go of the things I wanted to. And inevitably, you know, eventually that's what my podcast became was I, I realized at some point that those experiences, those challenges, anxieties, distraction, you know, all, all that stuff, that nasty human stuff that we experience, it's really not nasty. It's just a part of, you know, two parts of the same battery. But um, I realized that, oh, these aren't me experiences. These are human experiences. This is something that we all face. This is something we all feel. And I thought perhaps if I could share my map a little bit with others, that uh, maybe it would be useful to them. And that's how the podcast came around, really. Well, it's so fun. The more we have these conversations with researchers and scientists and real people and, and authors to explore just even that word, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Having done all that eclectic research that you've done in your life, what is your definition of mindfulness? Mm. It's just being aware of your thoughts and being able to um, have a, enough space to choose what thoughts you're turning into actions because you know we are not our thoughts we are what thoughts we put into action what thoughts we turn into action so being able to have the the patience and presence of minds to be aware of what's arising and to be able to choose to express or disregard you know those type of feelings is the essence of mindfulness in my in my opinion what's your definition of mindfulness I, I would agree with where you're going with that. The practice of being present in the moment with non-judgment. Mm-hmm. And as I work with clients and, and do my own, my own books, it's also that exploration for me of, unfortunately, the word mindfulness and meditation um, often get put in the same world. Right, and right. I believe meditation is a part of mindfulness, but isn't in and of itself the only way to be mindful. Sure. So I'm, been working with a lot of folks to educate them on a way to practically apply mindfulness in, in your world. You know, most of us can't sit on a meditation pillow, you know, 24 seven, oh, we live a mindful life. So how can we integrate mindfulness into every day? Just nice. as the show's topic is. So I'm curious, what do you have a my, regular mindfulness practice? And if so, how does that look for you? Well, my mindfulness practice is just the practice of being alive, really. Um, At this point, um, for me anyway, it's a constant um, engagement with now, with what is arising in my mind, what I'm feeling, what I'm perceiving, and this whole feedback loop of the world being absorbed by my nervous system, drawing into my body, creating my mind, and that image and the sensation and the contents of my consciousness working with that is a perpetual meditation practice or a mindfulness practice, I'm sorry. And then, of course, to me, uh, you know, meditation is a very useful tool that can result in greater mindfulness. Because you know? meditation essentially, for, to my, I would say, is just letting go of everything we've been carrying and cultivating 
helping cultivate that negative space inside. So we, so we have breathing room, right? So we're not bound up with our past experience and, and the stress of the day and all that stuff. So there's a part in the book I, I exercise I call polishing the silver. You know, and it's like, uh, that's essentially what we're doing in meditation is, is just taking this, you know, you are a piece of silver. You have this light, this reflective light of your, your being, of your mind. And as we move through the day, it begins to tarnish a little bit because of all of our experiences, not good or bad experiences, but just the stress of being a critter on earth is, is uh, palpable, right, for all of us. And so that's the tarnish. And meditation is just a way of polishing that a little bit to get that tarnish off so that we can continue to shine. So the, 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 the main title of your book, Now is the Way. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for us to talk about, you know, the power of now, the power of now, be in this now moment. And, and yet we live in this world that says we have our devices and, you know, we've got we got a plan. You know, I need to know where I'm going to be in 2020 and 22 and 23. Right. You know, how do you, how do you answer that for folks? I know this is a, this a big emphasis within the book, this, this whole section on now, now, now. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, not saying to live in the present moment isn't saying that we shouldn't plan for the future. You know, um, it, if, uh, it's that's certainly not suggesting that you just go wander and you know, uh, frivol- frivolously sort of meander around and, and see what happens. Um, it's about, you know, being able to, uh, it, the, the now aspect is being rooted in the abundance of your own experience of okay, what am I experiencing now? How, how am I living my life? How am I authoring my own life? And, and beginning to actually choose the way that I respond to other people and also myself. And so the, more, the closer and more present you can be with your awareness of how you're engaging with other people and how you're engaging with yourself is you know, what I would say is the closer you are to now, the closer you are to the present. Um, and in that moment, you plan all the vacations in 2022 that you want, you know, but when you're on that vacation, let go of all of the, the wandering thoughts and the, the anxiety and the, the thought about the meeting you have a week later that's chewing at your attention and really absorb the abundance of everything that you're experiencing, the depth of our lives. You know, our lives are, are so rich and full in every moment. The, 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 the you know, I'm sure everyone has experienced, at least for a flash, for a moment, this feeling of almost this kind of dreamlike, um, just bliss. This like, wow, everything feels so good. Colors are so bright. I feel so rooted and just, I feel that the ground touching my feet back, you know, and my feet are touching the ground. I feel so connected. And, and what's interesting about that is that that moment is that feeling anyway, that's always there that is the feeling of being embodied fully and living uh, in touch with the, you know, your actual experience without having your intellectual mind or, or whatever it is uh, pulling you away from that. And what's kind of a trippy thing to consider is that if you experience any sensation one time, that means that that is a frequency that's available for you always, right? It's like you, you are able to get back to that place if you're ever there once, you're able to get back to it again. That means that place is always waiting for you. It's always there. The, the abundance and the richness and fullness of our experience is just hanging out, waiting for us to remember it and to re-engage with it. And where you put in just a little bit of effort and train yourself to, to think in that way, then that's what I call in the book, linking your beautiful experiences. You can get into you know, a, 
uh, a moment, right? There's these moments. We have these little moments in life. We could taste, you know, take a sip of our coffee and it hits us. Right? Ooh, that's good. I felt the warmth. I felt it roll across my tongue. I felt the vapor go into the back of my nose. I felt the warmth roll down my throat. Wow, that was an interesting little hit of coffee I just had, you know? You can have an experience like that. Well, that was a moment. You were present. The reason the, the richness of that experience was so deep is because your attention was focused on the present. You weren't thinking about checking your email. You weren't thinking about what will happen when you walk into work later. You were there in that moment with your experience. And later, you'll have, you can have another one of those experiences. You can be sitting in your car at a red light or something. And all of a sudden, you can feel this feeling of like letting go and feeling connected and and just deep and like the true beauty of what your eye can perceive and the horizon looks, has this particular glory to it. Wow, that's, what a beautiful moment. And so what happens is that the more you practice this and the more you aim your intention and your focus towards those moments, you start stacking those experiences end on end until they become linked and you find yourself just living in the present moment most of the time. Of course, that isn't to say that sometimes stuff sucks in the present moment. Like it's not, you know, mindfulness, I, you know, in my opinion, it's not a cure to just this idealized car, kind of cartoonish version of, version of being in bliss all the time. But what it is, is it's being aware of what's going on. So whenever you do have negative experiences, whenever you do get angry, whenever you do get, you know, someone is doing something negative to you or you just find yourself in a bad circumstance, you can engage with that, that negative aspect. Uh, with the same presence in self-awareness and keep from it uh, from you know, reverberating into further negative experiences and so forth. And that is whenever earlier when I was saying it's two sides of the same battery, all of the nastiness and the positive and the good things in life. It's the same battery, right? It's, we need the, the charge of our being comes from there will always be negative experiences in life. And there will always be positive experiences in life. And they're truly, in a lot of cases, they're connected and necessary for each other to exist. It's the two ends of the battery that are creating the charge of your life. Well, I really loved your worst, your use of the word experience, because I think for good or for interesting right now, we live in a world that says, you know, bigger and better and faster and more and go to the next thing all the time. And that I, I that awareness piece does set up the, opportunity for us to start looking at our lives as you call it linking your beautiful experiences and it's mm -hmm. just as you describe it i can taste the coffee i can smell <laughs> it and and it is sometimes that slowing down to speed up and often on the show we invite invite our guests to give us a question that can help us and i love that question that that you use which is what am I experiencing now? Mm -hmm. and taking that mindful pause to, to really identify whether you're in the car or in the office or with your kids or doing what you're doing, that there is a mindfulness power in just saying, what am I experiencing now? And letting yourself be fully in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in kind of one of the things in the book I mentioned is, you know, we have all had the experience of, getting a chocolate bar and just like chomping it down and like the whole thing, just chewing it away, chomping it down in a couple minutes. And then that's done. We've also all had the experience of taking a piece of that chocolate and letting it dissolve on our tongue over the course of five minutes. 
you think about the difference in those two experiences, right? Like whenever you're, you're talking to someone and you're just chomping down this chocolate bar, it's pretty good, but it's just kind of going, playing in the background. It's going, you know, and then it's over. Um, sitting and actually focusing on that chocolate on the tongue, feel, you know, dissolving the complexity of the aromas and the flavors and all that stuff um, is such a, a more rich and deep experience. The weird thing is it's the same chocolate, right? It's just about how you engage with it and where your attention is focused and uh, how deep and, and connected you're willing to be with your experience. And if you just map that idea over to life, it illustrates much of, I think, what we're talking about here. Well, there's another one, Corey. How willing, <laughs> how willing are you to be in the experience of life? Let's let our listeners take a moment and, and really sit in that question and answer it for themselves. How willing are you to be in the experience of life? And we're going to be right back after a short break with more on the book, Now is the Way, An Unconventional Approach to Mindfulness. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. Welcome back. You're listening to the Everyday Mindfulness Show. And today we are having a conversation with Corey Allen, the author of Now is the Way, An Unconventional Approach to Mindfulness. So Corey, the book is out. It's just been out for a couple of days. Uh -huh. uh, you know, we know it's selling well. We've seen so many great reviews. Uh, we're, we're setting some, some big intentions for how this book is going to grow and go forth in the world. We talked in that first segment about, you said, you know, I have to let go to grow. So <laughs> right. you've, had, you've had a couple of, of years really writing this experience and being in this book. You know, I'm going to ask you kind of a question. Maybe you haven't been asked before. On sure, interview, I'm which, excited. Can't wait. Which is, what, are, what are the things you've had to let go of to let us grow through this book? Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, one really is um, expectation, right? Um, I think a big lesson for me, a very humbling lesson through the course of writing the book was it, it, all, it all really escalated really quickly, right? The book situation. I actually was just you know, minding my own business. And as things tend to happen, I thought, you know, I think I'd really like to write a book soon. And the next day, I got an email from a literary agent that said, hey, have you ever thought about writing the book and do you have representation? I'm like, well, that's good timing. Uh, so I thought, okay, cool. And I thought, hey, you know, that would be so sweet if I could put a book out, you know, maybe with a, a publisher like Shambhala or, you know, Sounds True or something like that. That'd be cool. And then I created my proposal and then, flash forward a few months and I had a book deal with Penguin Random House. I was like, oh, well, that escalated quickly. That's what, what a honor. I'm so grateful for that, you know? Um, and then my expectations of what the book could be, of what, what I could create, what I could deliver, you know, um, and just what the possibilities are. Uh, through that experience of, of what I thought I was capable of as a writer, you know, 
I, once I actually got in there and started doing the creative work, you know, and of course I respect the work because of, you know, having a background of being a music producer and composer my entire life, I respect the, the creative process, you know, uh, highly. And I respect the writing process. And so I was writing this, trying to really uh, do what I could. And, and it was not, I knew I could do better, right? So I just basically deleted 50,000 finished words and thought, let's start over. Let's try it again. And I created it again. I thought, this is it. I was writing the high of creation. I was like, this is really, this is the one. This is the thing. It's happening. And then when I got done, I thought, ooh, that's, that sounds kind of bratty. <laughs> you know, let's, let's delete all of that. And so, it, it, and, you know, those are big, long chunks of, of work and, and time. And, you know, you're chipping off a piece of your soul and this stuff. And, um, so to me, uh, the expectation of kind of just feeling like, all right, I can just crush this and like everything's going to work out perfectly was where a lot of suffering can come from, right? And so I learned to let go in this process of expectation and focus only on intention because expectation is entitlement, but intention is self-priming, right? So <clears throat> whenever you... I just switched it all around to instead of thinking, well, I'm going to do this and then I'll do this and I'll do this and this and this is all going to happen. I switched it to, I, I'm only going to focus my intention on creating this thing from a place of gratitude and every opportunity, everything that comes from this, everyone I'm able to engage with from this, I will not expect things large or small or expect things to go a certain way, expect the world to bend to my imagination. I will instead be grateful for the fact that I'm engaging with any level or any piece of that world and the people within it. And that was a big humbling period and a big shift of, of really happiness for me. You know, it was, it, it just increased my, um, it was a good thing to let go of, you know, it, it removed that, I guess the possibility of disappointment in a lot of ways and it, because it shifted everything to gratitude. Well, thank you for sharing so authentically. It's fun having authors on the show talking about their their own mindfulness journey. And we talk a lot on the Everyday Mindfulness Show and in our book about setting your daily intention. And this is such a great example, completely unprompted by me. Of, well, you also use one word is your intention. And I think sometimes as I talk to my own coaching clients and the people that I work with, oh, it's, it's a sentence or it's a paragraph or it's a vision or this or that. And, and those things are all great. But I know that you having that one word of gratitude has mm. been that seed that you can see in the testimonials you've received and just hearing your story of attracting an, an agent so quickly. And I'm, I'm excited for you to gain more and more testimonials from the people that this book touches. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. So um, the book is out. What's next? A book tour, some speaking engagements. How can we support your work as you continue to release this book into the world? Oh, well, you know, anyone that's, that's inspired or drawn to checking it out, uh, I would just be um, immensely grateful. And uh, I honestly believe, you know, this, the whole book is, is from the heart. And given that I have had... Um, you know, just all the podcast listeners on, on my show, The Astro Hustle, uh, I get emails from them, of course, you know, messages every day and just hear about their experiences, you know, what has resonated with them. I, uh, through my meditation course, you know, uh, I've just spoke with thousands of people, you know, about what what's important, what works for them, what things are resonating with them, what are their challenges. And, and I put all of that 
and my own experiences. I addressed all of those things in this book. You know, in the in the introduction, I say, I say this is not, uh, you know, it's for you. But, and I don't need to know you personally because you're a human. You know, I know what it is. You know, if you're a human, you know what it feels like to experience those challenges and and uh, suffering and um, being able to work through some of that. I I am just really grateful to share it, and I hope that. Uh, anyone that, that reads the book will be able to turn up at least one of the knobs uh, on their life, you know. Well, and I, I love it says on the, on the back of the book too, and this was again, such a visual experience for me. This book will give you the opportunity to dial down anxiety and stress and truly feel like yourself. And that's <laughs> that cool paradox of mindfulness is every day we get to approach that space of what are we going to dial up and what yeah. are we going to, going to dial down in that, that experience. So in the show notes, we're going to make sure everybody gets a link to get a copy of the book. We're going to link to your podcast. How else can we support your work? Oh, well, that, that uh, would do it. You know, if you are uh, so inclined to go to Corey-Allen.com, there's all variety of things, but yeah, really uh, the book would be fantastic. And if you happen to uh, enjoy some of the things, perspectives I've shared, the, the Astro Hustle, there's a couple of hundred episodes over there with a lot of amazing people. And so swing by, have a listen, and hopefully uh, something will serve you well over there. Well, Corey, thank you for sharing your authenticity and your wisdom. We look forward to having you on another show soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.